Hey listeners, my name is Elisha, the founder of the Witnesses Podcast. It's so beautiful to have you listening to our podcast. And I want you to know something that that means a whole lot to me. Thank you for tuning in. And one thing I love to tell all of our listeners is, it's not just about you listening, but listening to understand. Understanding is the most important thing. So important. So, you have to listen, learn, and practice. Thank you so very much and happy listening. Hi, Lillian. It's so nice to have you on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and to share a little bit about my story. So, That's thank so, you. That's so good. All right. You know, oftentimes I love to talk about the essence of this show, which is to invite amazing guests like Lillian to come talk to us about their triumphant stories because we believe that in our audience there might be someone who is talked up in a situation that you came out of triumphantly. So by that person or people listen to you speak, they might actually pick um an information about that. Riverside is having some issues. Okay. So they might actually pick an information from you that will lead to their transformation. All right, Lillian, within the next few minutes let us get started with your story, the challenges that you faced, and how you came out of it triumphantly. Then afterwards, I've got some questions for you. Okay, let's okay. get started. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thank you for that introduction and certainly giving me some direction. Um, so I'm a counselor and also a lifestyle coach, okay? And the reason why I'm in the care ministries area, the helping field is because of my own brokenness and some of the experiences that I had growing up, which led to some very poor decisions in, you know, in my teenage years, as well as into my adult life. And then, um, so again, that's why I do what I do because I know that transformation can happen healing can happen. Uh, we can have restoration. We can actually enjoy healthy relationships if we're willing to go deep and deal with the underlying issues that are driving bad choices, driving bad behavior. So um, I grew up in a family system that was very broken. Um, here in America, we say it's dysfunctional family systems. And I believe Everyone comes from a family system that is dysfunctional. There's no perfect parents. In fact, a lot of us are growing up in fatherless homes or sometimes we're abandoned. Um, and so it's just a very degrees, I guess, of dysfunction. But there's dysfunction in every family system. So my family system what was causing the majority of the, of the brokenness was my father's addiction. So his addiction, and then that led to verbal and emotional abuse. Uh, there was a lot of fear in my household growing up. Um, and honestly, I used to have nightmares about him coming home at some point at night drunk, and then he was just going to kill all of us. So we lived in this state of fear all the time, leave that situation. But that was like 
by the time I was 17, 17 years old. Um, so prior to that, I was trying to be the good girl, trying to do everything perfectly, not, you know, creating any problems, trying to keep the peace. And uh, so I pursued a lot of things in school to try, you know, in like getting the grades. Um, I always struggled, however, with just really didn't feel like I, I fit in, like I was different than the other children. Um, and so that led to experimenting with drugs and alcohol. So in my later teens, I want to say probably around 13, 14 years old, that's when I was introduced to drugs. And then after that, alcohol. So that became kind of like my go-to, like this is how you survive. You just numb out. And because of what I was participating in, I connected with, you know, the other teenagers that were doing the same thing. So the strange thing about all of that is, you know, we, I think we all have that need to belong. And I, again, I've learned that through my counseling, education, and experience. That's one of our primary needs. We need to feel like we belong somewhere and to others. Community is so important. So, you know, they're participating in all of this stuff. I feel the sense of belonging, so I'm participating as well. And, you know... Eventually, that led to um, my own personal dysfunctional behavior. You know, one bad choice after another, after another, after another. So I have uh, three sisters. So there were uh, four girls in my family. And one of the heartaches that all of us, I think, experienced growing up with my dad being the alcoholic, um, he had this, and I realize this today, he had an underlying hatred for women. And part of that, I believe, stems from the fact that he had mother wounds. So he had wounds that had never been tended to. And so every female, right, basically became the target of his frustration and anger. And here, you know, he has a household full of girls. So... I think one of the things that um, me and my sisters, we all got to that point where we realized, wow, he's, he's never going to love us the way that he would love us if we were a boy, you know? And sadly, I, I've seen this in other people's lives too, not just, not just ours, but yeah, yeah. Have you seen that too? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was huge. Um, so if you feel like, you know, if you're in a position where you feel like you can never measure up, you know, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be what that parent wants you to be. That kind of leads to some hopelessness eventually, you know, I mean, again, we're not, I'm not playing the blame game and just blaming things on my parents. The reason why I went through this journey and this process of healing was so I could understand. I needed to understand why I became the person that I became, 
why I was continuing to make bad choices so that I could change it, right? Um, so that was a lot of, you know, my own personal journey and really picking up on some specific things, just using those as examples for you and your audience that they might be able to identify with. Um, one of the things that we're doing currently here in Southwest Florida is we really want to develop a place where people can come and they can spend some time with my husband and I and then a team of other people to really get to root causes, okay? So our plan is to develop this ranch where they can come for three months or six months or even if they need a whole year to dig into some of these root causes. And I think we're going to see greater victory, transformation, and healing because they won't have distractions. We can help them with overall brain health, lifestyle changes, right? We believe that um, animals are really helpful in helping people if they haven't really attached throughout the course of their life, they haven't really felt that unconditional love or been able to, you know, give that to someone else. It's, it's non-threatening when you have small animals to care for. It's non-threatening because you can receive their love and give love to them and care. So uh, again, going back to understanding my own journey and then wanting that for others, we're, we're calling that root cause recovery. So we want to provide root cause recovery. Let's get to the root. So for example, I already mentioned a couple of mine. I didn't have the sense of belonging. I didn't feel valuable. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel accepted. And so that led to one bad choice after another, after another, after another. Yeah. So my addiction progressed to the point where um, I hated myself, to be honest with you. I got to the point where I looked in the mirror one day and I thought, I, I hate the person that you've become. I despise you. And... I just didn't want to be here anymore. I, I had made some bad choices, my values. I had, you know, broken a lot of values and morality that I had grown up with. Even though we had this dysfunctional family system, there were certain values and morals that I had grown up with. And thankfully, I had um, some neighbors. Our neighbors would actually take us to church. And so we learned about God and we learned about God's ways. And so here I am as an adult and I'm violating all of God's ways. And a lot of people had turned against me, uh, walked away from me because of my addictions. They're like, we just can't even deal with you anymore. A lot of my family members didn't want anything to do with me anymore. And so you know, looking in that mirror, and, I, and I'll never forget it. And it's, it's interesting because here we are in 
February, the month of February, and it was February when this happened to me, when I got to that point. And sadly, in fact, I was talking to one of my patients just yesterday, and this gentleman I've known for many, many years, and I work at a free pain clinic here in Southwest Florida. So I do lifestyle coaching and then counseling. And uh, he's actually from another state and he came here to get care because he doesn't have insurance. So this clinic can actually help. And so he's kind of staying in Michigan as well as Florida. And he said he, you know, he was really talking about his own struggle and just really losing hope. And he said, I remember many years ago when you shared your story, he said, I was I was at uh, a meeting where you were sharing your story and he said, I remember you saying something and it really resonated with me. So it reminded me uh, yesterday and thinking about our conversation that we were going to have today. And what I said was it got to a point in my life where I had lost hope, where I hated myself. I didn't like the person that I had become. And I didn't believe that there was any way out. I really didn't. And so I tried to commit suicide. I took every pill that I could get my hands on. I drank a lot of alcohol in combination with that. And I thought, this is it. And I sat there and I started writing letters to different family members, just goodbye letters. It's over. Your life is going to be better without me. And... He reminded me, this gentleman I was talking to, about what I shared when I shared my story many years ago, and I and I still share this today when I talk about this in particular. Um, I just heard a voice come to me, and I know that voice now to be that was God's voice. But what I heard was this: "You don't want to die." You just don't want to hurt anymore. You don't want to die. You just don't want to hurt anymore. And that really impacted me. And I thought, that's true. I just don't want to hurt anymore. But there's, there was something inside that said, you know, there's another way. There's a way out. And so... I made myself throw up and I I was sick, deathly ill for at least three days, but I came out of that and no damage, survived it. And that was where everything began to change. There was a shift in my life. Your story is so inspiring. You've got a very, very inspiring story. And I am so happy because your story is going to serve as a um, transformative tool to help others who are stocked up in what you came out of triumphantly. You've got a beautiful story. Okay, so I've got two questions for you, Lillian. The very okay. first one. Yeah, okay. He says, why do people relapse so frequently after treatment. You got it? Yes. This is this is my thinking about that. 
Um, there's a couple of things. One is, I think, biology. So the physical aspects, the brain, the brain is not functioning optimally. So if you're, if you're, if you can't think correctly, it's like I can sit here and I can try to provide counseling for you, but you can't fully receive that and then implement it into your life. So that's why when we do this ranch, we want to be able to help people with brain health. Let's, let's get their brain to a point where they can think clearly and whatever it is that we're trying to provide for them, they can take it in and apply it. So that's one reason. Now, unfortunately, most of the, you know, the system that's out there right now, they heavily medicate people. So you go from one drug or, you know, one drug to another drug. And that's, it's not working. It's not working. So that's one reason and why we want to do this. It's called Aruka Ranch. Aruka is a Hebrew word. And it means coming into wholeness, body, soul, spirit. So we want to treat the whole person. So if we help them with the physical and help them with their brain health, help them with proper nutrition, right? Taking care of our bodies. So that would be one thing. So that's why we're seeing so much relapse. That's not happening. The second thing is, I believe that... Um, Part of what has been happening is we're just trying to change behavior instead of changing mindsets. We're trying to change behavior instead of going after healing. So the mind has to be renewed. So I believe I, have, I had a lot of false beliefs. I had a lot of lies that I believed. So that had to change. The other part is Remember how I said we're about root cause recovery? If I don't deal with my wounds, that pain is still here. So I'm going to want, I'm going to want that to go away. And if I don't have the right kind of tools or if I don't have that healing in my heart, I'm going to keep reaching for other things that are unhealthy. So that's why people go back into the same old behaviors or this is the other thing they do they'll switch addictions. It's like, well, I won't do that anymore, but they go to this instead. So numb out. I don't want to feel my pain. So that's another reason why there's relapse. They're not getting that root cause recovery. So healing, changing their thinking, let's work on the physical. Those are all parts. And then the last piece is the spiritual. You know, I really believe that God is the only one that can change our lives. We cooperate with him. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. yeah. He's the yeah. only one. He's the only one. He's the only, he changed me. He changed me. And so we have to have that as an integral part of recovery. It's like, let God help you. Let him in. He wants to help you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so brilliant. I love that. <laughs> okay, the last question, Lillian. All right, it says, why is it so important to address trauma behind the addiction? You got okay. it? Yes. Okay. Why is it so important to address the trauma beyond the addiction? Okay. 
this is going to blow your mind when I tell you this statistic. I was just at a conference this past year. And what they said is they have now determined it used to be 80%. Now it's 95%. 95% of the choices and decisions that we make are based on our experiences. And those experiences, some of them are filed in the recesses of our thought life, so in our subconscious mind. So there's a lot of times where we're making choices and decisions, and maybe you've done this too. I know I have. I'm like, why did I do that? I know better because it's coming from back here. My choices and decisions are from that trauma. They're from that prior experience. So if that does not get resolved, I'm just going to keep doing, making another bad choice, another mistake. It's going to mess up another relationship. This is why so many people who have dealt with addictions, they end up with one broken relationship after another, after another, another. And there's two reasons for that. One is the trauma hasn't been healed and resolved. Second to that, because of that, they keep picking the wrong people to be with. See, healthy attracts healthy. So if I'm unhealthy and I have all this unresolved trauma, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to attract people that are broken too. Now that's just going to end up in a big old mess, isn't it? So that's another reason. Yeah, so resolving that trauma and dealing with that as hard as it is, and believe me, I know how hard it is working on my own. And then also many of the people that we're helping today that we hope will come and take advantage of this ranch. Some of the trauma and the experiences that they've had. I mean, I, I work with several women that have been involved with human trafficking. So talk about trauma, you know. And then I already mentioned earlier, what about the trauma of being abandoned, being rejected, not having parental fig figures in your life that are healthy and whole, and they teach you how to live a life that is, um, that is healthy. So yeah, trauma, it has to be dealt with for people to get the victory. Beautiful. Wow. Your words are so insightful, Lilian. And for that reason, our conversation has been so educative. Thank you for that. So um, let's say there is someone who would like to learn more about the Aruka Ranch. I don't know if I pronounced that well. And... Very good. You did it yeah. well. Aruka <laughs> yeah. Ranch. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so how would they learn more about it? And let's say they would like to reach out to you. How can that be possible? Okay. Well, we do have a website and on the website, there's a couple of videos that kind of introduce people to the ranch, what we're all about. And then we have at least three people on the website where they can actually listen to testimonies about how we've been helping people without having that safe space and the need for it. Uh, but the website is Aruka, and I'll spell it A-R-U-K-A-H. So arucaranch.org. 
And we do, if they want to contact us, if you go to the website, there's an email address there. And then the phone number, you can call or text 734-629-3551. And if they call that number or text that number, uh, more than likely they'll gain access to myself. And then if they go to the website, you'll have email addresses where we can communicate back and forth. Beautiful. Thank you for your time, Lillian. That's going to be the end of the show. Thank you so very much for blessing us with such an amazing insight. No, I am so blessed. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you for having me. This has been wonderful. Thank you for tuning in to this incredible episode. Your support means the world to us, and we truly value you. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback is greatly appreciated.